Welcome back, movie lovers, to a brand new episode of The Cinemates in the first episode of 2024. I'm Happy Mike Collins. Happy New Year. Jake Schultz. Hello. Across the table from me, Jake. 2024. Uh, lots of movies to be excited about this brand new oh year. Uh, but we want to catch up before we do our best movies of 2023. So we're doing a jam-packed movie review, very quick episode, before we get into our <laughs> all-time movies of 2023 we saw a ton of movies this december because holy crap the holidays had so many movies come out jam-packed i don't know they like immediately were just like let's put out seven movies into theaters all at once and we didn't even see everything like the color purple we didn't have a chance to go see that one uh i didn't see aquaman surprising you saw aquaman (laughs) i did see aquaman i don't know how that decided to turn the other way but there's a couple on there that we didn't get to see, but you know what? We can't exhaust everything, you know? Like, my mental health was already starting to deteriorate towards the end of this. Yeah. Watching <laughs> so many movies. So, like, give us a break. And that'll be next episode anyways. This episode, we're just going to talk about our catch-up yeah. for next week's episode. This was supposed to come out before the end of the year, but you know what? Stuff happens. It is what it is. So, we're just going to go through, run down, and give uh, our reviews on all of these movies. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to let you go first, because there's a lot to go here, and you've watched, I think, like 17 different movies compared to us. So, I think we should go one you, one me, and then the one movie that we saw together. How's that? Sure, let's do it. All right, you go first, Mike. Well, since you brought it up, Aquaman <laughs> 2. What better the way to Lost start? Kingdom. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try to speed through these because a lot of these are just sort of like movies. They're not really like important movies or necessarily need a very full length review. These are just, I, I watched a, a lot of kind of, yeah, you would say garbage <laughs> movies. Uh, but, but one thing I do have to say about all the movies that I watch, I genuinely, except like maybe one or two, really had a good time. Didn't yeah. really matter what the movie was. And that includes Aquaman 2. Okay. Which, listen, on the surface level, no pun intended. It's exactly what you think this movie is. It is pure CGI nonsense, absolute garbage, uh, but nothing but fun. It it totally sort of blows your mind in a very stupid, stupid way. Uh, but it, it's nothing but fun. Are the performances good? No. Does it look good? Kinda. It's just like underwater nonsense. And one thing that I really liked about this movie compared to a lot of the other superhero movies that have been coming out is this is about underwater stuff. This is about things that, listen, I don't really know about Aquaman and his whole character and all of the villains down there, and they kind of made me feel like I was underwater, feel like I was in that world. Did you watch the first one? I have seen the first one, and I gave it one star. It was terrible. But this one, for whatever reason, I was having a blast with this movie. It is awful, though. I don't want. I don't want to skim past that. The movie's really bad, I'm but sure. it is so entertaining, and you don't feel any of the superhero hangover because it's just it, it's so weird and just different superhero stuff. Like it, it's a weird universe, and it was really cool. The villain is actually really good. Uh, none of the acting besides him uh, was necessarily great, and I have to say, Jason Momoa, really bad at everything I've ever seen him in. I don't think he's been good in one thing, and that's really disappointing. But as a big uh, dope who's like I'm underwater and I'm Aquaman kind of works for me uh, I give this movie three stars That's which ridiculous. is very forgiving for how stupid it was but it is just an absolute blast Aquaman 2 The Lost Kingdom such a fun ride bad movie I actually think you would like it if you just turned it on and uh, dude like have a couple beers watch Aquaman uh, 2 and The Lost Kingdom I'm not paying for Aquaman 2 
I don't want to. Yeah, there's 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 literally no reason. No, to. I'm not recommending this movie to everybody. Uh, but it was really fun, and uh, I have to say, I I kind of had a good time. What'd so. you like about the final scene of I Am Aquaman? <laughs> it was so stupid. Uh, he he grabs the mic and he says, "I am." So is it like a microphone, like an actual microphone, or what is it? Like, what's the context of that? Because I've only seen the clip go around on Twitter where he's literally just grabs a mic. Like, is it supposed to be like a camera mic, and he's breaking the fourth wall, or what is it? Uh, no, it's like a camera. He's not really looking at the audience and saying, it's like Iron Man 2, or Iron Man, the first one. God. It's, it's joking. There. What is with superhero movies ending like that? The Flash ended with some weird pun like that? Ant-Man not 3? Around. It's something about the DC universe. Uh, and thank God that uh, it's going to uh, It's gone Gunn. forever. Yeah, yeah it's good. literally, it's this good. movie serves zero purpose <laughs> to anything. It felt like it. And it felt like the first little bit, you're like, oh, they're trying to world build into this DC universe. And then by the end of the movie, they're like, they're just having fun. Is there any plot lines that they left on? Not really. They kind of wrap everything up. They don't set up anything else? Uh, they set up like Aquaman's going to do Aquaman stuff. Which he won't. Yeah, which, like they, there's not really anything important. Uh, even the the post credit scene. There's a post credit scene. <laughs> wasn't uh, didn't have anything to do with the movie. Ah, okay. So there you go, Aquaman two, good well, movie. Jason Momoa will be back for Lobo most likely anyway, so you won't see the end of him. So you can see more Jason Momoa in DC stuff. Yay! Yeah, I have. We'll see that eventually. I'll go next. I'll go with They Clone Tyrone. Uh, in the word of Daniel Ramos, as one of the first things he told us, the streets were saying that they cloned Tyrone was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And it was. I had a lot of fun with this. <laughs> it, normally, these Netflix movies kind of come and go, and this feels like one of the movies that did come and go. Uh, it came out during the middle of all of the Barmanheimer stuff. So you can see why it kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But I kind of liked it. It's this really weird exploitation, sci-fi, like, twist original film that I've never really seen before. It starts off really, really strong, but then it kind of falters a little bit towards the middle there. And loses its steam. I, I don't think that really kind of loses how entertaining it was overall. I really like the trio. I think they're a lot of fun and bring a lot of different edge to the films. Tona Paris, especially. I have not really liked majority of what she's been doing in the MCU. But this alone like kind of just like shows how really underutilized she has been in the MCU. I really liked her a lot. Jimmy Fox as well. He's really funny in this film. It's just a weird, weird movie. And this is a director, first-time director, first-time screenwriter. And for this to be his first film, that is bold, and it goes really, really well at points. So I liked it. I give it three and a half stars. I Hell think yeah. it's a completely watchable film. You're not going to get like too much away from it, and it does try to go a little bit too far into its themes, where you're kind of like, all right, like let's let's let, let's ream it back just a little bit, uh, especially towards the end there. But no, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. For some reason, I thought that was a TV show. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that a watch soon. It was near two that hours. It was good, though. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. You want to jump to a movie we both saw? Yeah, let's go Thanksgiving first. Thanksgiving. Yeah, you... Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I loved this movie. Yeah. I thought it was so camp. It's camp to the extent that it put... Uh, <laughs> Addison Ray in, yeah. this, in this movie, yeah. and she is so Addison Ray in such a fun way. They knew how to use her. They knew exactly how to use her. Uh, this is a, a movie about... Basically, there's like a Black Friday sale, and... There's it's just a disaster at the Black Friday sale, um, and then somebody the next year, there people are mad at the people who own the store because people died in this Black Friday sale, and somebody goes around killing these teens. I watched this yesterday, and I already forget the name of the <laughs> store. Uh, John Carver is the name of the villain. <laughs> the first yeah. ever Thanksgiving. Oh my God, man! I thought this movie was so much fun. Uh, it knew exactly what it was. It knew exactly what it was doing. It didn't try to like 
be something grander than what it was. And it has really fun kills, I thought. And there's a lot of gruesome. like weird, gruesome stuff that I was not expecting. Um, why don't we take a pause here? <laughs> not the camera. Yeah, it's a- We're already breaking stuff. You're just going to go right through that? <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie for what it was because it knew exactly what it was, I think. Listen, is this like a reinventing of the horror franchise, of the horror genre? No, absolutely not. Not at all. It copies a lot of it Scream. It copies a ton of Scream. Yeah. And it does it in a very fun way. Um, I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I We've talked about Eli Roth in this podcast before. Yeah. Oh, of course. We're not necessarily, yeah, We're of not the idol legend. big fans. <laughs> no, I haven't seen any of his movies. Like, The Green Inferno, I despise, and I have not really been a fan of a lot of his other stuff. That's why I didn't watch it <laughs> for, like, the longest time. <laughs> we didn't even put this on, like, our preview list. No. Because I was like, oh, it's Eli Roth. Like, I'm going to ignore this. And it's Addison Ray in it. And they knew what they were doing yeah. by casting Addison Ray first and foremost. I'm not going to sit here and say she's great, but she literally kills her role. Like, she does exactly what she needs to do. Yeah. And it's really smart because it plays into it hilariously with her boyfriend, whose whole job is literally (laughs) recorded this whole thing happening. And that's what started this whole Thanksgiving dinner. But no, I think Eli Roth just kind of had a vision for this film. And it really, really worked. The kills are disgusting. Like, actually, some of the more gruesome kills I've seen in a slasher type franchise and i think it's really hard for horror films to come in and make iconic characters right off the yeah. hop john carver feels like that 100 percent. maybe that's partially due to who the killer was revealed to which i think his performance is really fun in this movie but oh, i said him oh well <laughs> if you've seen the movie you probably love it already but yeah i just i was genuinely surprised by this film i love the scooby-doo aspect i love the mystery i loved all the characters in the film i think that some of them are stupid and that's the point it's a lot of fun to watch them go through and i got a sequel and i'm gonna be down for whatever the hell they keep to do so you know what eli roth you surprised me you got three and a half from me there i give it a four four star rating for me it is my favorite horror movie of the year over talk to me over talk to me slightly. I wow. I can reveal my I'll post my final ratings when we do our final show. But yeah, wow. a little over talk to me. Uh yeah. why don't we go to a movie um that I watched? Uh The Eras Tour. Yeah. Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. He did Listen, it. I did it. I am a huge Taylor Swift fan. Uh, I've been adamantly or uh, trying to get people to to enjoy Taylor Swift for a very long time, even when people hated her during Reputation. I was a big Reputation fan. I saw that concert live. I love Taylor you're Swift. You're saying you're a big Reputation fan. Yes. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift's amazing. Mm-hmm. A three-hour concert film yeah. does not translate that well to a movie. Well, let's A three-hour concert film at home. At home, yeah. 100%. I swear if I went to theaters, um, then maybe I would have more fun. But probably. also probably not because this even in a theater experience, this definitely not for me. Um, about twenty minutes in, you're kind of over it, which is really big bummer. What's she open with? Uh, I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> it's been that long. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just that she's massive too. Like, yeah. And it's not it's like it, it's songs. not like one era then another era then another era. It just goes in and out and in and out. And but I mean, as, as like a production, it's so fantastic. Like she puts on a show. Mm-hmm. She cannot dance. At all. And I was a defender of the Taylor Swift dancing thing. It's the same dance move over and over and over again. And her voice isn't actually necessarily that good. So it's kind of like a hard thing to like, oh, Taylor Swift, she's so great. And the more music she releases, the more I was waiting for a song that I liked. Like I was trying to like, okay, I I get this. Let's let's move it on. And she does move on like pretty quickly with a lot of some stuff. But uh, overall, it just wasn't 
as awesome as I really wanted it to be. But I think that you're right. It's because I watched it at home. It wasn't in the hype of it. Uh, so it's kind of a bummer. Um, but, you know, it's if you're a big Taylor Swift fan, then you'll probably like putting it on or something. But you're not going to sit at home and like, I'm going to watch three hours of Taylor Swift music videos, which is something I do because I love watching music videos. Uh, but this just it, it, it just wasn't it for me. Yeah. I asked my girlfriend to watch it. And she was like, I'm not sitting through three hours of that. Yeah, and she was, loves Taylor Swift. It was Swift. rough. I, I, I like paused it at a certain moment because I, I couldn't watch it in one sitting. Like it was it was tough. Uh, but I gave it a two and a half because it was, really didn't translate well for me. How did the translation to cinema work? Like how was the cinematography overall? It's cool. Heard, it was I, cool. They add like they add like um, effects and stuff too. Like there's a giant snake at one point, which is obviously not in the place. Uh, and all the shots are really well done. Like it looks really good. Like it, it's a full production. What they were trying to do, it really really worked well. I just was bored. Fair. And I think that's more about where and how I watched it. So probably. Yeah. Were you alone? Did Maddie watch it with you? No, I was completely alone. Oh no, <laughs> Maddie's not going to watch three hours of. <laughs> Uh, the Ares tour. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, okay. So th- this mainly goes out to Matt because I <laughs> I wasn't going to rewatch this movie, even though I knew I should have from the time that I watched it. Uh, and this is Past Lives. This film came out earlier this year and has garnered acclaim the entire year and is going to be making a run at the Academy Awards. We all know this. This is It's going to show up on Academy Morning, which I looked actually. It's in two weeks that they announced yeah. nominees. It's so soon. Super stoked. We're going to have to do some uh, some episodes surrounding that. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, anyways, so I watched one of the first ever debuts of this film in North America. Celine Song, the director, was in attendance and did a Q&A after. And I went and saw it off four hours of sleep. Okay. I was falling asleep practically in the theater. <laughs> and I gave it three stars at the time. And my review literally was, look, I'm probably wrong. And I will rewatch this eventually. So today, literally two hours before we sat down to record this episode, I went, let's get it over with. Let's rewatch it. And uh, yeah, was I ever wrong? I <laughs> I don't know what I was smoking giving this such a low rating. This film is so good. Like the dialogue in the film between all three of these characters is some of the most rich, raw emotion I've felt all year long. And the way that Celine Psalm is able to tell a story about what could have been and the longing for your past life and how that affects your current future and the, the past and present. And like, it's just, it's an incredible arrangement of emotions that she's able to capture in a way that I genuinely think is pretty hard to do. She's also a first time director. Talk about another first time director, like insane the way that she's able to do this. I love Greta Lee in this film. I think she's incredible. I think she deserves all the recognition, and she better get a nomination come Academy Morning as well. The script is some of the best scripting I've seen this year. Like I said, I've never felt this type of emotion with dialogue from characters, and I think maybe that second viewing kind of allowed me to breathe a little bit more because I kind of knew what was coming, and I knew the beats, and it just allowed me to sit back and learn about these characters and their journey. Uh, and yeah, I as the more I was sitting here, like I was gonna give it a nice four stars, nice round four stars. I think I'm gonna bump it up to four and a half stars. Wow. Like the cinematography works really well at pulling those parallels between each other. The end of this movie is so hopeful but heartbreaking, and there's points where these characters are able to just stare at each other for like literally it feels like a minute, and you can feel everything they're feeling, and that's so hard to do in a film. I don't think I've really seen a lot of films being able to do that, aside from maybe a film we'll be talking about a little bit later in here. 
But this feels like a film that deserves the recognition for what it's getting. And I was really wrong when I originally watched it. And I think that it's one that's going to continue to grow with me as I continue to watch it. So four and a half stars. Oh, yeah. Okay. Crazy that I went Gotta from watch a three to a four and a half star wow. jump. Yeah. It's really cool, man. You, it's you know a film what, you would love. You know what I have to say, though? Like, I don't know what it is about this time of year. Maybe it's because I, I binge so many movies. I was having such a fun time watching movies. Like, I gave Aquaman 2 a three-star movie. And I think that's because of just the bump in how excited I was and how much I've been loving movies this past month. It's mm-hmm. been insane. It's a lot of movies. <laughs> it's a ton of movies. It is a I, lot of movies. I'm not movied out. Oh, it's I, the weird part. I, I am. You might I, I for sure am. But I was feeling a little bit. But that did, that didn't take away from past lives. So yeah, I if I didn't rewatch that, my list might have looked a, a very very different <laughs> happening circumstances. But uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't get around to watching this. I know I put it on your list of movies to watch. But uh, you chose Aquaman over Past Lives. I did. I chose a lot of other movies over that movie. And I wanted to get to them. It wasn't that. It was just the ease of access to other movies was a lot uh, a lot easier. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to let you go to anyone but you now. Oh, you want to do a together one? No, I want to let you go to anyone but you. All right, anybody but you, <laughs> Sydney Sweeney, Glenn Powell. It is just two hot people taking over a queer wedding. And it is just white striped people in a queer space. And it kind of works in 2023 for some whatever freaking reason. It is so weird. It is just hotties on hotties being hot, people doing hot stuff. Did I laugh at all? No. Was I, like, impressed that everyone was so beautiful? Hell yeah. Is this the best rom-com uh, that's come out in the past 10 years? Like, a lot of people are saying for some reason? Absolutely not. People are saying Oh, that? yeah. It, this is getting a lot of steam. Sydney Sweeney is a genius for the marketing that she did with Glenn Powell for them pretending to be together. That was all Sydney Sweeney's idea, and, and it worked completely. Like, that's the reason why. I wanted to go see this movie, and their chemistry in this movie is absolutely fantastic. Really? They are, they are great together. I would okay. love to see them in another rom-com. Where was the chemistry in the trailers? <laughs> it's weird, right? <laughs> no, it, it, you watch the movie, and you're like, yeah, you can't, you actually, you're like, wow, they they are really good together. And yeah. I've seen Glenn Powell in like other rom-coms, and he, he does the same thing. And I've seen Sidney Sweeney and other stuff, and I'm, I don't think she can do that. But then I watched them together, and she is the one bringing it for him. Like, it's wicked. Interesting. They're, they're really good together. Um it, it has, like, funny moments, and it's got an interesting cast, and it's, it's a very interesting premise. Uh, but, and it's goofy. It's really fun. I gave that three stars as well. All right. I'm sure it's one that I'll watch eventually once it comes yeah, out to it, streaming. Yeah, once it's on streaming, it's just, like, a fun thing to put on. This feels very much like a precursor to Hitman. I feel like Hitman and Netflix are just, like, rubbing their fingers, seeing that people are enjoying Glenn Powell in theaters, going, what we have on hand. Because yeah. Hitman, the chemistry between... Those characters is probably Ooh. tenfold of what you're going to be seeing with he's, that one. He's uh, popping up, and he's a good actor. He's, he's solid. Yeah, he's great. I, I really like him. I, I've yeah. turned a leaf on him. Oh, you didn't when, like him before? When I first saw him in Top Gun, I was kind of like, Ugh, mm. this guy? Was he's the Iceman, right? Yeah. And then by the end of the film, I was kind of like, wait, I kind of get it. And then I watched Hitman, and I was like, ah, I fully get it. Hell yeah. I can't wait to see that movie, by the way. Yeah, speaking of Sydney Sweeney, uh, Madam Webb next for her. Woohoo! <laughs> trailers don't look great for that one. No, they do not. All right, what do we want to move to next? Well, do we want to get sad or do we want to fight well, there's over a lot two of, movies? Well, there's a lot of sad. In, okay, let's fight over one. Let's do Maestro sure. first. Sure, yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to fight over this because I think we do agree basically what this movie is. <laughs> okay, yeah. Your review confuses the living hell out of me. Okay, so Maestro. This is a deeply flawed movie. It's in, it's a disaster when you watch it. Um, Bradley Cooper, it's another movie that he directed about a guy in the music business who's sort of like, <laughs> I don't know, troubled in, in the same way that a star is born like i don't know why he keeps playing that type of character um but it is leonard bernstein it is just an absolute 
disaster. And just, he is such a one-dimensional director. The story, I don't think, knew what it was trying to do. Oh, that's adamant. Um, yeah, uh, like adamant. Um, I think it's about the woman. Well, what is it? I think so. I think I think it's. I think she's the maestro. <laughs> okay, uh, but th- it doesn't translate. It doesn't very translate well. very well. But no. I think that's what you're trying to do. You can't really make a great man movie in 2023. I'm just going to review this as if other people have seen it. By the way, because we're, we're, I just want to get through all of these reviews. Maestro is the the this. It is just an acting masterclass in a weird disaster of some bungled. Movie about a man that you don't really understand. Um, it's I can't say anything other than it's just a big disaster. Yeah, it has one of the best scenes I have seen in a movie the entire year. He is conducting in a church and he is sweating, and it's like six minutes of like he practiced doing this, and it's beautiful. This sounds incredible, and then it cuts to the wife. And it's the worst decision I have seen in a movie all year. The directing is all over the place. I don't know what it is. My brother was talking about, I can't remember what he was talking about, but he was mentioning something about a producer and how you need a producer to like lean some way. If Bradley Cooper clearly has a ton of talent in his directing, he has these beautiful scenes. He sets up things incredibly well. And then it's so one-dimensional. He needs a producer to like, Make his story make sense. Tell us something. I don't know. Here, you speak about this movie. Well, I, I'm going to flip that and say it's not a producer. I think he just needs to stop taking so many th- jobs. He was a director, co-writer, actor on this film. Like, I'm sorry. At some rate, you got to pull yourself back a little bit because I... No, I, I disagree with that. I think the writing in this film is not very good. Yes, uh, yeah, 100%. There, there's a scene, the Snoopy scene, where they're fighting over Thanksgiving Day Who parade. Who left Snoopy in the vestibule? That's a great line. <laughs> See, that's incredible. The build-up to that fight, and the fight itself is really, really well done. It's so overwritten. This mm-hmm. whole thing is so overwritten, and it's brutal. I don't know how you can possibly sit here and care about these characters because they feel so cold and isolated and far apart. Like you, Oh, no, not at all. You know, That is just a no. no. What are you talking I, about? You feel nothing when it comes to learning about the man behind this and in front of his career. I knew, like, that, couldn't that care less. Not, like, I feel no. like it just... <laughs> Disagree. I think that's one of the only things you can take away from this movie. Uh, no. No. You didn't care about him? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't care about him. I liked Your review didn't Harry make Mulligan. sense to me because the first 20 minutes were the most exciting part of the movie and you said I was checked out so fast. No, I like I I checked I've never checked out faster after the beginning. Like I liked the beginning a lot. Yeah, it's a very nice movie. It was when it continued to and then when eventually they turned it into color that I started to lose a little bit yeah. of interest because it just feels like they're trying to flex as it much was stuff like as they three can. Three different like, movies. Yeah, it, it's a mix mishmash of stuff and you don't really care by the end of it. I think I think what he was trying to do should have just been like him and his wife uh, when she was dying, and then focus on that. Like focus on one of these things. Yeah, because this is a it's all over the place, and you There's don't too really much. you don't really learn anything about it. That's like, what I, I mean. felt like I didn't learn anything. That's about what him. I was trying to say. I don't think I didn't care though, because I mean. I think those two things are twofold for me because when you have a character that's presented for so long and you're watching a two and a half hour film that's breezing through his entire yeah, life, yeah. you need beats for you to grab onto. And I felt like there wasn't really any for him. Carrie no. Mulligan's character, sure, there was a lot that you can grab onto. And I think that she was 10 times better than Bradley Cooper was that's, in this film. She was horribly miscast. She was, she, what are you talking what? about? Carrie Mulligan, she was fine. She, like, she was a good actor. I'm not saying she was bad. She's Bradley great. Cooper delivered what might have been the Oscar-winning performance this season. Oh, he's not even getting nominated. You don't think he's going to get nominated? No. That is 
the worst take I think I've heard. I don't from think you it in is your entire film career. Projections are he might completely miss the projections. He's yeah. he's he's the front runner on the Oscar campaign trail right now. No, he's not. He's competing with Killian Murphy. He's it's not him. Yeah, it is. What no, are you it talking isn't. About? No, he is the biggest campaign runner right now. That's not true. <laughs> I, I'm gonna pull up Gold I Derby. Mean, go right go now. for it. I'm going to pull up Gold Derby because I I don't. I last time I checked, it's definitely not him. That is a really weird take, dude. This is capital A acting. This is full on like he just put on performance, and he is a director. Like as terrible as his directing was, he is a director who just let the actors do what they can do. Carrie Mulligan really, really weirdly miscast. I don't understand why they cast her. The accent was really bad. It didn't really make a lot of sense. She was a good actor though. Like she, she was putting a solid performance. I think you just like her because that that is a weird take to come out of that. I do like Carrie Mulligan a yeah, lot. I, think I, I don't know how you think she outacted anybody. She was a horribly underdeveloped character. Oh, he Her has script moved was up terrible. To two. Paul Giamatti was number two. That's what I kept yeah. thinking. She was like really a uh, poorly written character and overwritten character. I don't know how you think she was good. She was she was doing a very excellent job for what she was given, but she was not at all like the star of the movie. I just didn't care, man. I literally couldn't well, care. Well, that's about not what you said. It. You said she I was, was she 10 times better than Bradley Cooper. Yeah, her performance. I think her yeah, performance how? was because I liked what she was doing and she, she was, wasn't doing anything. I, okay, that's not true. She was. She was. She was just giving it like a good performance. Yeah, it was. that's fine because when I'm completely checked out by the end of the film, I'm going to latch onto anything I can. And aside from the cinematography, which I think looked really good, and aside from the obvious technical stuff. Yeah, he has a lot of like weird talent as directing. He just has no idea what to do with half of it. Wow. I, I like A Star Was Born clearly a lot more than you do. I was. But another thing about Star Is Born is like, I don't know if I got it by the end of this. And the same with this movie. Like, I don't know if I got what this movie was trying to do. I don't even know what it was. It was a disaster. Yeah, Star Is Born, he just hung himself by the end of the film. Yeah. This movie um, is super weird that you don't even think he's like. That was some of the best acting I've ever seen this year. No, I think he's what? he's good. I, just, I think you checked out. I was checked out. That's such a bummer. And I, I've said that. Uh, like, I, I wish you could have liked it. I've sat liked his here acting, with my my family on Christmas Eve watching it, and I was like, oh my god, like can yeah. we get over this? And that, part of that is again me sitting at home. I hate watching films at home. Maybe if I watched it in theaters, it would have a different reaction. But it just the story was so hard to latch onto that yeah, I, I couldn't care more. I didn't, I didn't like that this movie was in uh, Netflix. Would have liked it. Uh, but but about Bradley Cooper, like he is just. I'm shocked that you thought that he is on the absolute Oscar campaign monster trail. He got a food truck. He's dating Gigi Hadid. Directors on directors, actors on actors. This dude was sitting in like his COVID hut, and he was like, "I gotta start pit or not his COVID hut. Is like." We're on strike hut, and like I gotta think of ways to pitch like what COVID I'm doing. Hut. Is he Aaron Rodgers? Because he was like, when he started campaigning, he was over Killian Murphy, and then the movie came out, and it was not very good. And now he's dropped to two. Yeah, he should not be put over Killian Murphy. I no, thank you. Killian Murphy was. Well, we'll talk about it later. Killian Killian Murphy, I think, is it's a very different performance. Yeah, Bradley Cooper is giving so much to everybody else, where or Oppenheimer, everyone is giving so much to Killian Murphy. It's a very different performance. Yeah. This is like, I have such a bummer that you were bored of this movie. But I mean, that's uh, the problem with the movie because you, I guess you can't appreciate what the acting was. But as somebody who like really loves acting and thinks Bradley Cooper is like one of the only actors right now who you can tell gives a crap about acting and like the actual craft of acting, it's really cool to see him work like this because this is, I mean, you could say it's his best performance that he's ever done. I'm going to have to just talk. Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. What the? What? Over what? Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah, I think it's a one or two. You can pick. Okay. 
Well, I have to like discredit your opinion now on his acting because you just said you checked out and you thought it was like you just couldn't look at it right. Mm, well, that I can still see acting. And well, case. you just said you couldn't. But so, you're also a huge Bradley Cooper fan. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm saying like, the movie sucks. The only good thing about this movie is his acting performance, and that's worth four stars for you. Well, let me explain. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, as what I said, is one of the only actors right now who cares about the craft. And it's just his directing was put all into, like, how can I make this character this freaking, I keep saying, capital A acting. Like, this is just a thespian at work. And it is so powerful. His, his gravitas, his Oscar campaign, everything about this movie around the movie is sick. The movie itself sucks. <laughs> it's a freaking bungle of a movie. Like, they just absolutely bungled the whole thing. It's a disaster. Four stars. I loved it. Uh, you make no sense. <laughs> I will never It's just understand. him, man. Like, he, he was incredible. I, I it's, Try to rewatch it, because if you just focus I on the acting- I will like, not rewatch Give it a shot. I won't. It, it's amazing. I won't. It was one of the only movies this break that I felt so bored watching. It, yeah, there's a lot of parts. Especially, yeah. like, after that church scene, it cuts to them, and you're like- Wait, that was great. Why is it still going? Yeah. Why is this of, movie still going There's a lot on? of long takes in that film, too. Oh, my God. A lot of long takes. Yeah. I, th- there's movies that I'm like, I hated it, and it's like a disaster, but like something about it I love, which is another movie that we both watched. We can talk about Poor Things. Yeah. I gave it two and a half stars also just before. My show? Yeah. yeah. On to I figured. Poor Things. Two and a half stars. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm not- My show, the same thing, or uh, Poor Things, the same thing, except the reverse, I guess. Like, two really, really solid performances. Incredible But I, but I thought that this was just, uh, it was just so pretentious, which is why I'm shocked that you hate Asteroid City, because this movie is the most pretentious movie of the year, I thought. Mm, I, I would still say Asteroid City is higher, just because I'm so burnt out of Wes yeah. Anderson, but also- Yorgos Lanthimos, like, this is nothing new from him. He is Sure, ju- but it's nothing new from Wes Anderson. He is definitely- Point mute. Yeah, okay, but I would just say that Wes's style is so over the top and has been for so long now that I'm, I wish that he would do something different. Yorgos Lanthimos, I think that what I love about his bizarre style that he does, and that's his auteurism, is that he's able to meld such fascinating stories within them because like Asteroid City, I felt like the story was just there and nothing, and all the characters were just going and being these deadpan whatever. Where, yeah, versus I watched this, that. Did not get that at all. Yeah, versus this is that like this was that. No, not at all. You you saw the growth within Bella Baxter, Emma Stone's character, and the way that she affected every single person in her story, and it was just about her growth to becoming who she was. And I think that that existentialism that Yorgos has in a lot of these films, you look at The Lobster, The Favorite, all these films have that type of existentialism and the way he's able to explore them in vastly different worlds and different eras is really, really interesting. And I think it's paired so well with the technical achievements, like the cinematography, the production design are 10 out of 10s. This is going to be a front runner with Barbie for production design. I honestly could go either way with the two of them. It's such a good looking film. It's funny. Like Very genuinely funny. hilarious. Very funny movie. Shout out to the man himself, Mr. Bruce Banner. Oh my God! For people that think that Mark Ruffalo can't act, good. Just go watch this one. He's he, he's great. He's so funny. He every time he popped up in this movie, they got a laugh in my theater because we just knew that he was about to say the most misogynistic, over the top BS that he can think of, and it worked so well with this character that was just learning about life. And I just really loved the growth of her character throughout the entire film. So that's why I give it four stars. 
I think it's a lot of fun. It's a tad too long. It's a lot I think, of fun. Yeah, a little long. I think that the sex is pretty overglorified. Yeah, oh my god. I think there's a lot. Way too and much. And I, I get what he's trying to do with it, but like, re- I don't relax. I think he just wanted to, to film people having sex. No, it, it's a, it's more so about just her having her own life and her controlling her own life. But like at the same time, they didn't need to show as much as they did. Uh, I just love the yeah. su- the sexual Frankenstein nature of the film. I think it was a lot of fun. And Interesting so, concept. I got four stars. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was super pretentious. It just ticks off every bro film movie. Um, it's not a very good movie. It doesn't really tell anything. It's just like dude writes Barbie in a very gross way. Um, you know it's a one, book, right? Yeah. One star. Bad, bad movie. That's it. The book is like iconic. Sure. The movie was not. Mm. I don't know. I just hated it. Doesn't matter. But don't you like a lot of Yorgos's stuff? Uh, not really. You like the favorite. I did like the favorite. <laughs> uh, these are very similar in terms yeah. of story beats. You just the, just the style of it wasn't. I don't know. It was just like like I felt like I was watching Bro Smut. Like like I felt like I was watching like when I was watching this movie, I felt like I was watching a hundred film bros with their A two four hats jerking themselves off. Like it was just gross. I think just in the time that it came out, like I was just disgusted by it. Okay. I, I can admit that it's a very funny movie and the two performances are really well. Like they're they're really good. I really enjoyed them. But I just hated the movie. That's fair. Like I'm not like bashing the movie. No, that's fine. It's like well, the same way I feel about Midsummer. I think that just ticks off bro boxes and it doesn't actually say anything important. That yeah, I can th- to that I can see a bit of like Midsummer and this, like these, those exactly feel like the t- yeah. same types of beats. I'm not, that I'm not like saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying subjectively to me, like I was disgusted by this. Yeah, and that's what film is. Film yeah, is no, I'm, exactly. And this is especially this episode and the next episode we're gonna do. I want to more celebrate the movies that we watch because there was such a good year for movies. Mm. Uh, Poor things were just a miss for me. Yeah, it was just a big miss for me. That's fine. I, I was expecting to come in here more arms blazing, like oh. No, I, I'm more offended that you couldn't watch Maestro. That sucks, man. <laughs> I wish you could have enjoyed that. Because at least poor things, like I hated it, but I was able to enjoy what that's it was. Right. At least we got reverse entertainment out of those two films. Well, that's yeah. That's what that's what I thought we were going to feel about poor things on Maestro. We both felt the opposite, but the yeah, same about I, the same I've, movie. I've just been, I think that's kind of what it, like Wes and him are just kind of going like this. Wes and Yorgos, like just going yeah. on opposite trajectories. I and really I, love I, what Yorgos is yeah. doing. And he's I taking over what Wes has been doing. He's just a better version of Wes Anderson now. Well, when I watched Asteroid City, I was like, oh, yeah, really segue to Asteroid. Yeah, sure. I was really appreciating what what it was and what he was giving me. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next episode because it it will be brought up in my top ten. No, <laughs> I was just gonna say hello, but I do want to talk about it next episode. Ah, you watched uh, Asteroid City though. It was twenty twenty three. You can talk about it now. It's your catch yeah, up. Yeah, but next episode is the twenty twenty three episode. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I, I'll go to another movie that you did recommend, Theater Camp. Yeah. This movie ruled. It's so funny. The music is amazing. The cast is awesome. It yep. is just such a great time. Yep. Uh, it's about a theater camp, and it's like mockumentary style, and it's just goofy. It's fun. It's so great. There's not much more I can say about this movie other than go see it. Watch this movie. It's so funny, and it's just so much fun. I really love this movie. Uh, I sucks that nobody saw it. Yep. Go see this movie. It's so good. Uh, I loved it. I loved everything about it. The songs were amazing. The end is so great. Uh, the end the is so is great. good. I got goosebumps. It's, a, it's a fantastic film. Uh, I gave that movie four stars. Yeah. Ben Platt. Shout out Ben Platt. Yeah. He's, you know what? That movie's helping his career out a little bit because people did not like him. He dropped a song the other week. I mm-hmm. really like that song. Yo, Ben Platt. Keep hitting. Keep hitting, brother. Molly Gordon is on the rise of her career. She's not only genuinely one of the funniest parts of this movie, but her direction in the film also is really good, and I think it's going under the radar for a lot of people. 
I really like her direction in the film and the performance yeah, she's able to, able to get out of every Everybody. single one of these kids. She got Jimmy Tatro. Jimmy Tatro is um, well. Jimmy Tatro is funny. He is very funny, but like I love. She Jimmy knew Tatro. perfectly how to use him, and he was like so on Everyone, board for this. Every single character you could tell. Even the kids were like they're so bought into this project, and yep. it's all because of her. Like it, it's a fantastic movie. I loved it. I, I put this very in kin with Bottoms. If you like Bottoms, you're going to like this too. I have this and Bottoms back to back on my top 50 They're two of the funniest films to have come out this year. Two, two of genuinely two under the, the funniest movies I think I've seen in like a decade. Yeah, I, they, I, They're fantastic films. It I, it's, might be one of the only films I laughed out loud at in theaters. I was dying. Like I was like genuinely laughing so hard at this. It was, it was great. And the music's awesome. Hell yeah. I love a good theater kid movie. And it's so theater kid. But like anybody can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like making fun of them too. Like it's hilarious. The, the documentary, mockumentary style worked really well. Yes, it, was it did. V- very unexpected. And then I just thought about how much I miss American Vandal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to jump to two movies before we get to three very sad movies. Um, oh, so I'm going to start with Ferrari, Adam Driver, <laughs> Penelope Cruz. This movie's wicked. Yeah. This movie is so cool. It is such a dad movie. Adam Driver drops what, like a, a phenomenal performance. And Penelope Cruz, my favorite performance I've ever seen her do. This is I, really? I was I was talking like Bradley Cooper was dropping capital A acting. She is freaking phenomenal. Uh, I I loved her in this movie. Um, and it's not just like it's just about this powerful dude. Like Ferrari is sick, and it's it's like it's a Enzo period Ferrari. piece. Enzo Ferrari, uh, it's amazing. Um, and every like scene he's in, he drop he like acts like a car. And I, I wrote a review where I said he's like free beep room room, but like he is like he goes into a room. Talks to somebody, moves him away. Talks to somebody, moves him away. Talks to somebody, moves him away. He's got this grandiose feel. Like the scenes are like you're watching a race car move through this. Like it's such a really sick dad movie. Uh, I think you'd actually really like it. I, I I feel like you'd think it's like air. Like it's the same sort of dad vibe of a movie. I'm not gonna be like this is like the best movie ever, but this is my favorite Penelope Cruz performance. It's freaking phenomenal. I was gonna go check it out, and then I was like, eh, maybe I'll wait on it. I want to watch Heat as my first Michael Mann film. Heat. Okay, so I was fighting actually between because I really like Michael Mann, Heat and this as my favorite Michael Mann movies. Yeah, because Ferrari is. I give this movie four stars. I might move it to four and a half because they, I really wow. love it. There's a phenomenal scene where he's just like hyping up his crew and he's yelling at them all. It's so sick. Uh, Adam Driver is like freaking fantastic as movie. he always is. Big big fan of him in this movie. I'm gonna move to another movie, Rebel Moon Part One. <laughs> Uh, this movie sucks. This movie is really, surprise, really bad. Surprise, uh, But it's also really, really sick. And I swear to God, people are hating on this because, like, we have Star Wars, we have Avengers, we have all of these, like, fantasy things, or sci-fi fantasy. And the issue is, if this came out at this time of Star Wars, it would be the exact same thing. It's the, it's it's a bad movie. Star Wars, guys, sorry, they're bad movies. There's oh, no good God, Star Wars movie. What are you doing? This is the exact same thing. And it's really cool. Because it's this whole new world, like you're in, like you're learning about all this new stuff. Like it's so cool to see new things. Is the movie itself kind of fall flat a lot of times? Sure, but so does every like Star Wars movie. So do so do all these movies. Like it doesn't matter. It's just a new sci-fi world. And I was more interested in this than I have been in like a lot of other sci-fi stuff because it's new to me. It's brand new. I'm so sick of lightsaber guys. Lightsaber guy. There's some kind of lightsaber guys. But but I'm so sick of like Jedi's and and this stupid Star Wars stuff. Like. I love that this is something so new, and it's really cool, and it is awesome. It is so sick looking. There is just big bang, Snyder bang bong, always look Zack good. Snyder has never made a good movie, but he has made some banging movies, dude. These 
And it's just sick. It's just sick explosions and fights and shots. It's so cool. I really, really like this movie. I give it three stars. Oh, my. It's you not were, a very good movie. You were in a festive mood. Dude, it, like, honestly, like, it's kind of long, which is, but I'm really bought in to watch the, his version because it's really sick. It's a dope movie. I really, really liked Rebel Moon. How, how did you enjoy feeling all the parts that were missing from the film? Uh, I don't know. You're not really paying attention to that. The, like the plot, really. It's kind of just bing, bang, bongo. Uh, it's sick. And then I watched Anatomy of the Fall. Have you watched this yet? That's why I told you to watch it. I've seen it. You have seen it. Okay. What did you think? I did a review on this. What did you think? You did. You did, right? I did. Okay. Wh- what did you think? Tell me. What did I think about Anatomy of the Fall? Well, until I saw Past Lives, I had it as probably the best dialogue out there in a film. Until I rewatched Past Lives. The dialogue in this film is so, so good. And the fact that they are able to do an hour yes. of pure setup and then all okay. court action afterwards. So now I have to watch Past Lives because this is my favorite script of the year. Yeah. So it's fantastic. They're probably 1A, 1B, honestly. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm excited for Past Lives. Because this is, this is amazing. And, I, and before we get into this, did she do it? I don't think it matters. No, but did, I just want to know. Do you uh, think? I, I don't know. I, I on it genuinely like probably, but like I don't think I don't think she did. I came out away from the film being like it doesn't matter, and no, that's and what I, I think is so expertly it's done. So fascinating the whole time. You're like, whoa, and and everything they purposely choose to show you. You're like, why did why this? Why did they want to show us this part? Why did they show us it? it, it it's a fantastic movie. I don't want to give spoilers to this movie though because it's like I want people to see this one. Really sick. I love the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I I like about the movie is that. The way that they're able to build throughout this and Sandra Huller's performance and how they're able to create a film this tense with such sharp dialogue about something that ultimately at the end they don't really tell you much because you're just gathering information. Yeah. You're basically a jury. And then at the end, it's just like, cool. Like, yeah. we, we've told you all that we want to tell you. Now, it's like, really go cool. off. And there's a lot of reflecting about relationships in here and her relationship with her son and her husbands, and they're all handled really, really well, all held together by two really strong performances. The kid is just as good as Santa Hula. Yeah, he's, it was weird, though. I thought he was a little overwritten, but I couldn't tell if it was like... They did kind of make him like a genius kid, but sometimes he's he was saying things... Yeah, sometimes he was saying it's like, I don't, know, smart if, I don't know if you'd say that. The, the song they use gets in your head, and they do it really effectively. What it's a just, song choice, too. Yeah, and usually with international films, I feel like... French films especially, and this is a thousand percent due to my French teacher in university that burned me on the worst French films I've ever seen in my life that I have a bias towards French films now. This just blew all of my expectations out of the water. I loved it. It's one of my favorite films of the year. And I think it's really accessible for a lot of people as well. Very, yes. Like you're going to come in here and just get hooked within seconds of watching this Dude, I... I, I I was like halfway through, I was like, I don't know if I'm entertained, but I'm like absolutely fascinated. And that's entertainment. Like I was just like glued to it. It was fantastic. I gave this movie five stars. Oh, I yeah. freaking loved this thing. It was so sick. Yeah. I gave great, it four and a movie. Half. It's great a movie. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, so why don't we go to some sad movies? Oh, yeah. We're going to close these out on the sad uh, ones. What do you want to do? Oh, God. Can we just do Zone of Interest? Can we get it over with? Sure. Um. <laughs> Why don't you say tell people what this one's okay, about? Okay, look. So, Jonathan Glazer has not made a film in over a decade. The last film that he made was Under the Skin, which was a very visceral-looking film that kind of just effed with your senses a lot. This decides to take that aspect, but eff with your hearing the entire time. 
this is about a family that lives just outside of Auschwitz. They are a German family that has built this house and the father is in charge of Auschwitz. And it's not so much about... Maybe charge, just like a general working his way up. Working his way up. But it's about the family's dynamic outside of the war. And the war, the horrors of the war are never shown. Not a single thing is shown. And you are put in the backyard of this family with this beautiful garden going around the walls of Auschwitz. And in the background, you just hear ever so slightly the crack of a gun, screams of people. In the background, you see the smoke. And the most horrifying thing about this movie is that in order to hear what the people are saying, you have to be forced to tune out all the background noise. So those pops of guns, those screams just become white noise and ambiance. And that honestly still Fs with me to this moment, sitting here and listening about, quite frankly, the most monotonous of conversations, conversations that don't really matter. And every once in a while, they'll throw in some lines that will remind you, oh, hey, there's other stuff going on across that wall. And it's extremely unsettling. It's deeply unnerving. There's a lot of scenes in this film that this family is very aware of what's happening. They just choose not to talk about it. And when they choose those other aspects to show it, like the kid locking the other kid into the greenhouse and making gas noises, uh, it's really, really unnerving is really the only other way I can say it. And you just kind of have to sit with it. And Jonathan Glazer forces you to deal with it. Uh, and it's done in a way that I haven't really seen a film ever do, like literally yeah. ever. And I, yeah. I always want cinema to push different barometers and different aspects. And when any, a film is able to make me feel genuinely as unnerved as it did after I've watched it, that says something about it, what was happening during the film. Did I necessarily like the film? Not really. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that I enjoyed what I watched, yeah. but it is a powerful piece of cinema. There is nothing positive I can take away from this movie. It's just, I can't believe that that's how they depicted war. And it's, honestly, no one was moving through in this film. Like, the film theater was silent. It was packed with a bunch of grandma, grandpas, just silent, staring at the screen. Like, what are we watching? Yeah, and that's there, how I felt coming out. There's <laughs> nothing good that you can really talk about this movie. The soundscape is... Amazing. Some of the best sound I've ever it's, heard. It's literally some of the best sound I've ever heard. In it movie. might be the best use of sound ever. I. It's almost like watching art. Like it's not you. It's so hard to separate the story from the tragedy of what you're trying to watch, and I don't think you can. I don't know if this is a movie. <laughs> like I genuinely don't know how to feel about this. I think if I was rating this as an art piece, it's five stars. As a movie, I agree with you. I don't know what to rate it. I didn't rate it. You didn't rate it. As we're currently sitting, a day after I've seen it, I haven't rated it. I haven't put it on my list. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know, know where to put it. I, I, I don't know. I, like five minutes in, you know exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, I was, um, I think somebody said, I can't remember who. It was like if you go to a museum and they have like a projector and like that's just the movie that would be on. You could come in at any time and know what you're watching. And it, that's it, a good way of putting it. It's like it looks like it. <laughs> it looks like it. it it's great. Beautiful. Shot movie. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think there's a bit of Glazer's weirdness that doesn't necessarily yeah, work. The, his the style. ending, especially. Yeah, uh, the ending's a little out there, and uh, the parts where they use like the night vision goggles, I 
uh, wasn't too huge on those. And I think it took me out just a little bit more. But overall, like, I uh, I don't know how to I feel about know. this. I, I don't feel good about it. No, and uh, but I gave it five stars because it's it's something completely new. I yeah. think when it came to a movie that I saw, so I was absolutely blown away by whatever it was. I will say, in contrast to what we were talking about with Anatomy of the Fall, Anatomy of the Fall is, in my opinion, a better movie, and I think it's also a disgrace that France didn't submit that as their film for international film because. Anatomy of Falls is just not going to get nominated there, but it's going to get into Best Picture. And Zone of Interest will win for international film. And I think that's an interesting conversation because I don't necessarily think that Zone of Interest should be... As, as like a movie that I that we like, I yeah. think um, Anatomy of the Fall is... We love dialogue. We like performances. We, we like movies that tell something that make you think. Um, this movie, Zone of Interest and Anatomy of the Fall, I think are interesting... This is something I'm going to start calling the maestro test. <laughs> maestro opens with a like a quote, and it here. Let me get this quote. I forgot it opened with a quote. It opened with a Leonard Bernstein quote. A work of art does not answer questions; it provokes them, and its essential meaning is in the tension between the contradictory answers. Maestro did not do that at all. No. Maestro, I don't know why they opened with that because Maestro didn't do that in the slightest. But both these movies did. Um, I don't know if it answered any questions. But it provoked them, and that was, I think, these two movies passed my maestro test. Or I don't really know how to feel about them, but I feel something. It provoked something in me. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's certainly weird. I don't know if I would recommend it to everyone. I don't recommend this movie to anybody. Yeah, I just, it's... Some- maybe, if, maybe if you want to learn about sound. Yeah, it, it, it's just like I've never felt as jarred as I did after. And it, the weird thing is it doesn't hit you right away. No. You, you kind of walk out and then you're kind of sitting with it a little bit more and you're well, like... Well, when you start watching, you're like, I know what it is. I know this is going to affect me in that way, but it doesn't until you leave. Because I think that's what's so effective is that you're literally forced to deal with it while it's happening. Like all of the sound in the background and you have to zone it out. That's so messed up, man. It's literally so messed up. They, the sounds of... Cracking guns become nothing. And then there's uh, like literally a scene where he's just standing there. They don't show anything, but you, there's people screaming, people getting mowed down. And he's just watching and it just zooms in on his face. And then the sound gets more and more distorted. Like it's, it's, it's a crazy movie. It's unsettling. That's, that's the only yeah, word I can I, say. John the Glazer, you're a weird, weird person. But this is an incredible uh, achievement in film. And like I think it does, does deserve to get into Best Picture. But like, oh my God! Like, all right, I think we're <laughs> we're pushing time here. So why don't we finish up and then wrap up with some synonyms with another sad movie? Uh, yeah, The Iron Claw. Oh my God! Ugh, I'm a wrestling guy, you know that. Yeah, I knew the story of the Von Erichs. I did not really think that it was gonna be this sad though, because normally when you see biopics, they kind of try to have that tinge of hope through there, and uh, nope. <laughs> This was also the worst part of Christmas. Well, say what it's about. Say what it's about. So it's about the Von Erichs who, uh, back in the 80s, this is when wrestling was more regionalized. This is before WWF, known as WWE, and came in and made it them the big dogs. There was territories, and they were all fighting for the world championship. The Von Erichs was a family, an extremely popular family around that time that was known for just kind of raising wrestling in those territories and making NWA as popular as it was. The father, I forget his name, 
The father never won the world championship, but made it his duty to try to make sure that they got that world championship within his family. And it was up to the five sons to make that goal a reality. Uh, and the way that the story kind of unfolds, the curse of the Von Erichs, how they put it, uh, it, it just, it's, it's crazy. It, it's a crazy, crazy story. I don't know if I necessarily want to even touch on exactly what happens, but it's very much a massive trauma to Kevin, played by Zac Efron, uh, who's still alive to this day, um, and the consequences of what... Uh, an abusive father looks like and the kind of the butterfly effect that it has on all of these brothers they did actually also take out one of the brothers yeah. from the real life because it was too depressing is what the producer said is that the film might not have been made if they uh, even yeah, put that he guy said in the, the, the whatever his name said though just when he was making the story he couldn't fit him in like there's just it's just too big of a story to tell yeah like even in a movie you don't get the full story yeah and that's kind of where i'm a little bit more cynical with it is that it 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 tells you the story but it kind of doesn't really do anything with it at the same time and i think that you needed that other brother also to put that full picture in there because oh, like no, I don't think so. I I, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I I didn't want like that's I don't want it. <laughs> I, I, I think you're more just thinking that you know the story. So, right, sure. Yeah. From the wrestling perspective, but possibly. think of it as like the movie perspective. Yeah, the like I don't it, think they needed another. I think that would have been too much. It's just such a sad story. Uh, Very to see it translated with such great actors on screen. Like Zac Efron puts in a tremendous performance. He's phenomenal. Jeremy Allen White, also really good. The rest of like the other cast is all really good, too. But it's just... Zac Evron shines in that thing. He does, and he's probably not going to get nominated because I think this film came out a little bit too late yeah. for it to get the yeah. recognition. But it's some of the best acting I've seen all year. Yeah, I really like the look of the film. I think the cinematography is really good. The wrestling scenes are are really fun when they show them. Uh, not There's not too much because that's not, not about, really... Yeah, it's not about the wrestling. It's about which, the family. Which is weird because it... They're such an important part of wrestling history that I yeah. feel like they don't touch upon that as much as they could have because I think that's a huge dynamic yeah. of their family and there was a huge part of why their dad acted the way that he did. Which like because the film kind of villainizes the dad and even Kevin has come out and said that like he wasn't necessarily like that. Uh, and I get that you have to do that in movies. You kind of have to have that certain perspective, but so that's why I, I didn't, couldn't go further than I think four stars because the story in general it's just like an incredibly moving story, especially from Kevin's perspective to know that he's still here after all of what happened uh, and just seeing how it affected that entire family. But also the fact that like his kids are wrestling, they just showed up in AEW. Yeah, that is insane. How did you let your kids go into the wrestling after all this happened? But I think it's a really, really good story, and it opens up a world for wrestling to come out and tell their stories in a biopic way because we have Dark Side of the Ring, we have all these other sides of wrestling that haven't really been explored in Hollywood. And I think now that there's a chance to get those other sides and interesting perspectives. Side note, Ric Flair in this movie Terrible performance yeah, by that guy. Really weird casting. Not like Rick Flair. I did not at like all. that at all. You had MJF there. He was an executive producer. He's in the film for five seconds and he does the Ric Flair walk at one point. Why not make yeah, him Ric Flair? He would have weird. done a much better performance I for agree. Ric Flair. I, but I did not like that at all. I got four stars. What about you? Um I I think such a great year for movies taking swings. This is such a big swing to take to make a movie about masculinity in twenty twenty three. And you could miss with that so badly. And they didn't. They they hit it perfectly on the head. Uh, incredible performances. 
I thought that you had to detach the fact that it's a wrestling movie and it's not going to ha- like have this Which climax hard in the me. ring. Like it's not going to have the yeah. we're in the ring and climax. Like it's all about things outside of the ring. It's truly heartbreaking. And there's one scene at the end. Um, which so big spoiler alert here. This should not be a good scene. It should be a this is a terrible movie making decision. So Carrie dies and they all of the brothers meet each other, the dead brothers at the end of the movie, and they, they touch each other and they hold each other. And that is a horrible decision to put in a movie. That is a scene that should not work at all. That scene just a disaster to do. And it works so freaking well. It's such a great decision. It is just a a swing man. This guy was taking swings in this movie, and it paid off so well. Uh, I really love this movie. I gave it five stars. I was blown away by everything about it. I, I was truly so invested in this thing. It was great, great, great to me. Yeah, I, I bookmarked my Christmas with Maestro and <laughs> the Iron, Iron Claw. Claw. It was quite the quite the Christmas They're that I had performances. there. Really good performances. I really liked Zac Efron in this. I He's wish great. that the film came out a little earlier, to be honest. You're- I, I was thinking, is Zac Efron more famous than Jeremy Allen White right now? Because I think that this movie was made like two years ago. I don't know. I think Jeremy Allen White's on a rocket ship right now. Yeah, like would he be Kevin? Yeah, that's what my dad said. Yeah, my, my dad okay. was kind of like, I thought Jeremy Allen White would be Kevin, but yeah. that's probably because Zac Efron was the first person who uh, got like got the script and right. The but movie. I also think Zac Efron does look a little bit like Kevin. Like they did get that casting yeah. pretty well down. It's just Jeremy Allen White probably is more popular now. Yeah, I would say. it's just. Uh, it I is. Think, I think if this movie was made like two years before, or something, I think like we're maybe, just looking you know? through the rose tinted glasses yeah. of the bear. And, yeah, exactly. But no, it was just interesting because I was thinking oh, it would be weird if this season swap. But Zach Efron, I'm, I don't want to take that performance away from anybody because that is a phenomenal performance. What a performance and what a chin! What a chin! He's got a chin going on there. All right, why don't you give me some news? Why don't we wrap this episode up? Give me some news. Tell me what's coming out. Is that it? Did we go through all of That's our, all our movies? Bro. Oh That's my. our big rabbit. That's a, we took like an hour on that thing. So. Uh, we did, but hey, we watched like seventeen watched, movies. Seventeen so movies. You want to get to some cine news? Wrap this up, brother. This is. Santa news. Someone please make us an intro. I'm going to keep asking every single episode until someone makes us an intro. The original Mickey Mouse, January 1st, was put into public domain. And people are already hopping on to the action. There has been three new projects already at work with the original Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse at the helm. If you don't remember from last year, Winnie the Pooh went into public domain. And we got Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey coming out last year. And yes. everyone loved that film. Guess what's happening with this one? Horror Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Obviously, it was going to happen. Mickey's Mousetrap, a new Mickey Mouse horror movie releasing in March of this year. This year. Ooh. That is a three-month turnaround. Ridiculous. Infestation 88, a new co-op horror game where players are hunted by the original Mickey Mouse. I like it. And Steamboat Willie, a horror movie which begins filming in spring. That like follows Steamboat a sadi- sadistic mouse who torments a group of unsuspecting fairy passengers. Is Steamboat Willie in the public domain? Yeah, that's the mouse that is. Oh, so it's not. Oh, it's that. It's Mickey, the OG it's that Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse. Okay, okay. It's the. I get it. I get it. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Uh, terrifying. Maybe people should not get their hands on public domains. <laughs> Maybe they should stay intellectual property if that's all what they're going to do. Because there's opportunity. I said this about Winnie the Pooh last year. There's opportunity to do some interesting stuff with it. But everyone's going to just cash in for a quick buck with this schlock horror stuff. You know who doesn't cash in for a quick buck? Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole, a basketball star? Oh, he cra- he definitely player. cashes in for- Not star. Uh, yeah, de- player. He uh, he cashes in for one. Jordan Peele. His new horror film, 
now does not have a release date. Originally was supposed to come out on December 25th, as we highlighted back a couple of newses ago. Same day as Nosferatu, but was taken off of the calendar. Hmm. There has been no really news about his film since then, so it's safe to say that that movie is moving to 2025, possibly a little bit later. I'm sure we'll be getting some casting news on that shortly. Scream 7, speaking of casting news, Christopher Landon has left the film, now leaving... It without its cast Damn. and director. What a turnaround. The freaky director has said, I guess now is a good time as any to announce that I formally exited Scream 7 weeks ago. This was disappoint some and delight others. It was a dream do- job that turned into a <laughs> nightmare. Landon also wrote that he, his heart did break for everyone involved. Of course, that's going on the, the heels of Jenna Ortega dropping out of the film. And Melissa Barada also being fired from the film. So it's safe to say that Scream 7 is dead in the water for now. We'll see what happens. I don't really know what they're going to do with this because you build up these characters the past two films and you were just looking to get this film out this year. Ah, It's looking like this film is not coming out. I think they just got to do an entire creative overhaul with Scream in the direction and you got to beg Nev Campbell to come back to the franchise after you wouldn't pay her. Uh, she's probably looking into getting quite the paycheck, and rightfully so, to come back to this franchise. And one last news here for you, Mike, because I know you're excited for Minecraft, as we talked about. Jack Black is coming to Minecraft. Let's go. He's going to play Steve. Is it? Yeah. Confirmed? He's Steve. Oh, I believe. I thought Jason Momoa was Steve. That's what I thought, too, but I read that he, Jack Black, is now Steve. He posted a photo of him reading Minecraft for Dummies, seemingly announced that he will be nah. joining the live action Minecraft film also coming off the tail end you'll be happy with this of Peaches not being confirmed to be allowed to be nominated at the Academy that movie wasn't good people I don't know why people kept trying to make Peaches happening like whoa whoa I just sorry I was just looking up the Minecraft 2025 movie uh guess who IMD okay okay they changed it yes Jack Black is Steve they had Pedro Pascal (laughs) <laughs> Steve. Oh. And, and like, He's in the movie, though, sorry, isn't he? Sorry, sorry. I thought he was also concerned. He, he might be, but yeah, they have Jason <laughs> Momoa, Jack Black, Emma Myers, Danielle Brooks, and Sebastian Eugene Hansen, all confirmed. Okay, so that's a, that's not a bad cast. It, I, I don't want to really watch it. That is a bad movie. cast. I do have to <laughs> disagree with you there. Really. I like Jack Black. I don't think he's good casting no. in the film. <laughs> no. uh, I'm not looking forward to the Minecraft film, but I'm sure there's tons of other people out there that I are. Am, I, am. Yeah. I know you. And that's going to wrap up Cine News for this week. Let's go through what's coming out this week. Not too, too much. It is January. We're in the dog days of winter. It's not really winter here in Toronto. It's just kind of wet. Yeah, it's really weird how wet it is. Two movies to highlight for you this week. Society of the Snow. This is a carryover from 2023. This is J.A. Boyega's newest film. He did Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. But this film has gotten a lot of acclaim. It is about... The I don't specifically know what exactly it is. I think it's about uh, a story that happened a while ago about people getting abandoned. Uh, I think it was a broken plane. I'm not too sure. I probably should have looked that up before <laughs> I, I, I gave you the talk about it. But it's gotten a lot of acclaim. People are liking it a lot. It is going to be a contender for international film as well. So look out for that. It's coming out on Netflix this week. So Let's go. You can either watch it or not watch it, and it will go away in the Netflix void forever. And Night Swim. Another Blumhouse film coming out this week. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Wyatt this Russell sick. in the film. Have you seen the trailer? Yes. Literally is about a girl swimming around in a pool. And looks then sick. Just goes looks really cool. I'm, I'm super excited for this. Uh, yeah. It's Blumhouse, so 
they made it off a cheap budget, and it's probably going to make a crap ton of money. And that's all that's coming out this week. And I think that is a good spot to wrap up Let's do it. this week's episode. Uh, you guys will be excited for next week. We'll be going over all of our stuff next week, our top 10s. Uh, next week? Best and worst. Yes, it is. It's next putting week. Putting this one out and then, yeah. And oh, then we're doing next week's when, episode. When do we want five days? Next week's episode okay, on Monday. Yes. Well, five, yes, of course. Right. On Monday, Monday, you will get Monday we'll our top 10s okay. <laughs> and the first annual Cinema Awards. Awards. Let's go. So be on the lookout for that. It's uh, it's a good time to be a Cinemate fan. So if you have not gotten your chance to subscribe, follow us, do all that stuff, give us five stars. That'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, everybody. I'm Mike Jose Collins. You can find me on X. You can find Jake underscore Schultz 6 on X. And follow this uh, podcast on all your podcast platforms. And follow us on X as well. And TikTok, YouTube, all of those cool things. Uh, YouTube's not really bumping these days, so maybe don't follow us there. But it, it does really matter. You can watch like two of yes. our episodes. Uh, you can also follow uh, Jake's articles being posted right now on Sportsnet as we speak. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.